your friend. You don't go over there and shake hands, smile, hug their neck. Let's knock them on their backs, butt them in the mouth, knock their ass in the dirt. That's what we got to do. We got to stop that buddy ball, smash everybody in the mouth. Hey, baby, we're going to be here all day, baby. I like this kind of party. I like this kind of party, baby. You're in the doghouse with Rick Watson and Big Dog Sports Talk on the WRAD Talk Network. Remember, with great power comes great responsibility. You know what that means? Do you? We're the underdog. We're mutts. My number one play is the power sweep. If you only knew the power of the dark side... Welcome in to Hour 3, the Power Hour, on Big Dog Sports Talk with Rick Watson. Join the conversation now on the Long and Foster Baker Team Hotline, 540-639-4900, or text Rick and the show at Text line 744-2990. Send me a message on Messenger, Rick at New River Radio, anything that uh, might be on your mind. Of course, the Super Bowl aftermath. Uh, It just uh, pains me to say it, but the Chiefs are now a legitimate dynasty, and they have uh, a quarterback that belongs up there with Tom Brady in the echelon of modern-day greatest of all times. I mean, it's just the way that it is. Andy Reid's going to be a first ballot Hall of Famer. Eagles fan, ouch. <laughs> and to all the teams that let the Chiefs trade up to get Patrick Mahomes, I know hindsight's twenty twenty, but uh, that's who they are now. It um, There's no other way to say it. Sucks, but can't deny it. Can't sit there and act like it didn't happen. Can't sit here and pretend like it didn't happen. It happened. It's over. You now just have to deal with it. And this was the most vulnerable team the Chiefs have had in a long, long time. And they still went to Buffalo. They still went to Baltimore and won. They were underdogs yesterday. How, I don't know, but they were, and they won. So, how long does this last? Who knows? Andy Reid was quick last night to say that he's coming back next season. There was lots of speculation if he'd have won this Super Bowl that he was going to step down, but he says, no, why would I do that? 
Love what I'm doing. I've got the greatest quarterback in the league. Makes a lot of sense. Makes a whole lot of sense. He laughed off the Travis Kelsey incident, by the way. Just now was reading about that. He said, hey, he's just a fiery competitor. That's what he said. Well, it was a bad look. I know you might want to laugh it off. They won the game, so you're not going to let things dwell. And I'm sure Kelsey and him have a relationship we don't know about. Right? We saw it from the outside. It was a terrible look. Cameras caught it. It was uh, all over the uh, the intraweb. People criticizing Kelsey. And, I, you know, I, I think it's pretty clear you watch the guy. He's a toolbox, right? I mean, he just is. He's self-absorbed. and But who knows what their relationship, what it means. I, I don't know. I don't know. But Andy Reid just laughing it off. Just laughing it off. Yeah, we're good. We're good. Daniel writes in, love Tim Thomas, but in no world is Virginia Tech still a consideration to make the NCAA tournament. Well, I would agree, Daniel. Yeah, they're... yeah. if somehow you go to Carolina and upset them, you're all of a sudden going to get some positive press. But um, And you can talk about all these analytics and all these metrics. Here's the only metric that matters. Notre Dame had lost, what, seven games in a row? And you go in there and get beaten like Tech got beaten. That, that metric, I mean, I don't. You, you can talk about Ken Palm and you can talk about all these stupid analytics all you want, but that metric in itself, that result in itself is the, the only metric that you need. Tech now 13 and 10. And Notre Dame's not going to all of a sudden go on this big winning streak. All right, that's not going to happen. Not going to happen. So let's let's everybody stay on the ground, realize how damaging of a loss that was yesterday. Uh, because it is. That, that team has... No shot, as it stands now, to get any kind of consideration on Selection Sunday. I mean, that's, that's just a fact. Just a fact. Some text messages about Reba and her anthem. Yeah, I thought Reba, Reba did a pretty good job on the uh, national anthem last night. Kind of surprised. I didn't know who sang it. This is how little I was paying attention to any of the build-up to the game. I had no idea who was even in line to sing the anthem. <laughs> I had no idea who it was. And then I saw, oh, it's Reba. Okay, I knew who that is. I figured it would be somebody I had never heard of. But no, she did okay. She did okay. It's kind of nice to have a familiar voice singing the Super Bowl anthem. And I'd have to say that 75 to 80% of you agree with me. You're not offended by the Usher halftime performance, right? I'm not sitting here saying it was offensive. I just didn't think it was very good. And the same amount of people agree with me that he's not true R&B. I mean, he's a pop artist, which is nothing wrong with that, but that's what he is. Let's go to the uh, Baker team hotline. Good morning. Who's this? Hey, Rocky. How you doing, big dog? Uh, you know, it's Monday. The Chiefs won, so, you know. <laughs> No, you know, we're Broncos guys. We know. It's not good. 
Yeah, it's actually really kind of hard thinking about uh, how out of the picture the Broncos are. Yeah, that's uh, that. It that was kind of my feeling leading up to the game was, you know, Broncos are they're really they're really far away from competing even for a playoff berth, uh, let alone a Super Bowl. So that that was kind of hard, just knowing how far the Broncos are behind the rest of the league and how far the Broncos are behind in terms of competing for a Super Bowl. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think everybody's behind. Uh, changing just, up, yeah. yeah. <laughs> changing up gears. What's happening with the Radford Highlanders men's basketball team? They're losing games. Every game. I mean, I don't know. Um, and it looked like the new offense was clicking. They were up 20 in the first half. And you think, okay, well, this is the way it's supposed to look. And then – Presbyterian whittled it down to single digits right before halftime, and they came out of the second half on a 14-3 run. You look up, and the 20-point lead was all of a sudden a three-point deficit, and then the game really went back and forth for the final 16 minutes, but uh, Presbyterian made more plays. It's just it's not good right now. Um, they had a week off, and they came out the way you would hope, and they couldn't maintain it, so... Just trying to get better at this point, Rock, to try to turn things around um, just so you can finish February on a, as positive of a note as you can going into the Big South Tournament because at the end of the day, in our league, it only takes three wins because you're not going to ever get more than, than one bid to the NCAA Tournament, and that's going to be the tournament champion. Yeah, it's uh, it, it's kind of confusing because, like I've said, this team has got really good players. They've got a good coaching staff. Um, the game has been moved to the 15th. Is that correct against Winthrop? And correct. It's going to be on ESPNU? Yeah, it's the ESPNU game, and it's an 8 o'clock start on Thursday from the Dedman Center. Yep, that is correct. Yeah, hopefully we can get a big crowd going and the Highlanders can feed off of that and get a big win because, uh, yeah, it's it's – it's it's hard to understand why they're not winning games, um, and I don't want to point fingers or blame anyone because I think they've got a good team, good players, and um, I know they're going to continue to work hard. So yeah, if they can get this figured out, build up some consistency, and understand that it is a possession by possession game. There's there's just no coasting, especially in the Big South. It, teams are just hungry. Every team in the Big South has got competitors. And it's going to be a question of consistency. And if I'm the coaching staff, I emphasize that they have to focus on every possession. They can't get ahead of themselves. They can't start coasting. Um, You know, nothing is, you know, they can't take anything for granted. And that's where I would start. You know, every every possession counts. And hopefully against Winthrop, they come out with, you know, a hard mindset. And they, they really focus on, you know, taking every possession as serious as they can, and just not get ahead of themselves. So we'll see. Hopefully, I'll be there Thursday, Rick. And right. uh, we got a week. Well, not a week, but we got time to build up for this game. So should be a good one. That's all I got. Talk to you later, big yeah. dog. Come by and say hey, man. Come by and say hey. You bet. If you're there on Thursday, I will right. sure will. All right, brother. There you go. Six three nine forty nine hundred seven four four twenty nine ninety. Yeah, I mean it's it's not uh, it's not good right now. Highlanders are fighting it uh, defensively. Uh, it's been a problem and. It looks so good. It came out and did some of the things, you know, that uh, Shane Nichols had run at Wofford with Mike Jones. Uh, I'm sorry, with Mike Young. And the offense looked like, wow, this is it, and a revelation. And then 
Presbyterian adjusted at the under four media the first half, and it carried through into the second half. And kudos to them for battling back. But um, we saw it. We saw it on display. It's just a frustrating time right now. But, yeah, I think Rocky's right. You just got to get on the court and try to get better the next day. That's what Darius said after the game. Get get to practice and and try to improve and and try to have an understanding of what – is not working and why you're losing basketball games. I mean, that's that's really all you can do. That's all you can do. And I know these guys are going to work at it, and we'll see how it goes. Hey, good morning. Who's this? Hey, Rick. It's Terry from Whitfield. Hey, Terry. Hey, man. Um, what are you thinking about the um, the Chargers next year dethroning the Chiefs? What do you think about that? The Chargers dethroning the uh, Chiefs. Can you turn down your radio? I'm hearing myself back a little bit there. Yeah. Hey, here we I go. I don't, I don't have it on. But okay. Oh, okay. Okay. Uh, yeah. Here we go. Um, uh, no, no, that's not going to happen. <laughs> Nobody's going to dethrone the Chiefs, I don't think, as long as Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid are together. Well, you know, Herbert, he's, he's, a, he's a great quarterback himself. But, you know, yeah, he is. He's a good quarterback. The Chiefs being uh, Chargers being the playoffs and – They've got really good talent. I just kind of, you know, with the leadership of Harbaugh, I just kind of wonder if it don't get them over the hump. Well, I mean, they're going to be better. I think they're going to be more respectable. I mean, Harbaugh's a terrific football coach, just despite what people think uh, about him personally. I don't care. I just know he's won everywhere he's gone. He'll come back to the NFL where he fit in before, and they're going to win. You're right. The, the Chiefs are at a different level. This was the most vulnerable that they were going to be and they're still holding up Lombardi's trophy in a parade this week. So they're going to get better next year. They're not going to stand pat offensively. They didn't have any top receivers. They didn't have any top running backs. They're not going to just sit back, and they've got cap space. I mean, the Chiefs are the team everybody's chasing, and until I see somebody knock them off, I, I'm just I'm not buying, especially in that division. Right, right. And one more thing, I'll let you go, but uh... – just say, for instance, the 49ers would make it back and lose again. Would they be in the same talk with the Bills? But wasn't Shanahan. But wasn't I'm sorry? If Shanahan, if Shanahan would lose another Super Bowl, would he be in the same conversation as the Bills? Yeah, I mean, right now he's – yeah. I mean, he's, a, he's an anti-clutch uh, coach at this point, right? I mean, he's 0-3. You know, he had 10-point lead, double-digit leads. He's the guy who was the offensive coordinator that – Started throwing the ball up 28-3 against the Patriots at Atlanta, and now he's blown two uh, fourth-quarter 10-point leads in the Super Bowl. So, yeah, I mean, right now, he's a choke artist in the big games. That's the only way you can say it. I mean, for all the credit yeah. he gets for being an offensive play caller and uh, mind and all that, guess what? He's got zero Super Bowls to show for it. He's none. No, right, no right. titles. Yeah. Yeah. Rick, I'll let you go, buddy. You have a good day. All right, Terry. Appreciate the call as always, man. Good to hear from you. All right. Yeah. All right. Bye-bye. Yeah, the Chargers, they will be better. And and you're right. I think they're probably the team in position to be the second-best team in that division. But you're going for the second-best team. I mean, you're not going to you're not gonna catch the Chiefs unless there's an injury at the quarterback. And I don't want anybody to get hurt. But they've got magic there that is not going away. Just not, not going away. But no, the Chiefs are not only the team to beat in the AFC West, they're the team to beat in the NFL for as long as Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid are together. And boy, that hurts to say that as a Broncos lifer. All right, we'll be back.
walking with gorillas down my street. Little Joe Jackson appreciation music here. <laughs> Lots of text messages too about why the 49ers did not defer. Uh, uh, yeah, and Kyle Shanahan saying that he made that decision because he wanted to make them force them to decide what they needed to do, and it was a bad decision. I think I was questioning at the time. I think most people were. If you go ahead and win the toss, put your defense out there and defer, then if they come down and score, then you know immediately what you have to do. And I think it sets the team's mind a little bit, right? The offense can say, okay, this is what we have to do now, so let's go out here and execute. Whereas once you got held to the field goal, I don't know about you, but you knew the game was over. I knew the game was over. There was no way they were going to stop Mahomes in overtime. And that's exactly what happened. It was a bad decision. And I don't just mean retrospectively, too. Because you could sit there at the time, and I'm saying, that that no, you, you kick it. Let your defense get out there. Everybody's tired anyway. I mean, everybody's exhausted. And then the Chiefs maybe feel a little more pressure because they're thinking, okay, well, we're in field goal down in distance. Well, what happens if we have to settle for the field goal? This way you know exactly what you need. The Chiefs knew that if they scored a touchdown, they win the game. And, you know, Mahomes was talking about it. At that point, we know what we have to do, and we were able to go and get it done. And I think you kind of played into their hands a little bit. So I agree with the uh, the texts about all that. I, I don't understand. I don't understand. But it is what it is. And they are the champs. And my goodness. Um, yeah, you put, you're going to roll the dice and, and kick a field goal and try to Hold Patrick Mahomes out. <laughs> Good luck with that. I'll still never never understand how Vegas had the 49ers favorites, although it was a slight favorite. I, I don't I don't understand the again, common sense should have played into it. Who are you gonna trust there? Odds makers. Patrick Mahomes, multi-winning Super Bowl quarterback. He's been to six straight AFC title games, or Brock Purdy. In his first Super Bowl. Who you trust in there? And I don't think Purdy did much at all. I mean, he didn't kill him, but he didn't make many plays at all. <laughs> Rodney writes in, I'm just glad I don't have to see Taylor Swift every Sunday for a while. Yeah, it's going to happen again, though. Maybe. We'll see. Maybe. Still think the... End of that relationship is probably inevitable sooner than later, but we shall we shall see. Definitely, if they would have lost yesterday, oh my goodness, she would have dumped him like a bad habit. Oh, you're not helping my marketing anymore. You lost. See ya. All right, final segment. We're going to look at this. Uh, it's interesting. Uh, I don't know if you saw this or not, but FanDuel, speaking of odds, put out the over and under win totals for the ACC in the 2024 college football season. The over and under win totals were released by FanDuel. We'll get your reaction to that. You can always uh, go to our very, very popular Facebook page. Facebook, the electric friendship generator. To see all these posts. All right, we'll be back. Stay with us. Final segment on a Monday.
Hey, this is Bobby Bell, the Hall of Famer from Kansas City. You are listening to the Big Dog Sports Talk Show. You don't have to put on the red light. Final segment here on a Monday, 639-4900 is the Baker Team Hotline. Text line 744-2990. Well, we're halfway through the second quarter. All we have on the board is a field goal. Take it to the commercial there, Mr. Romo. Tony Romo getting paid $20 million to uh, sing Adele songs. All right. The uh, FanDuel (laughs) projected regular season win totals for each ACC team coming up in 2024. You ready for this? Miami, nine and a half. Sam Howell's now the Mike Vick of the ACC. Similar thought process. Did you not learn from Rick Watson's prediction a couple years ago, FanDuel? Miami, nine and a half is their win total? Really? What world do you see Miami winning 10 games? When do they ever win 10 games? I'm going to say that's going to be a lower number, Bob. If you're playing uh, the price is right, higher or lower, (laughs) right? No, no, it's not going to work. Uh, I'm going lower, Bob. Lower. Florida State is at nine and a half. I'll I'll probably say that's fairly close. Clemson is at nine and a half. I'll say that'll be higher. I think they get the ten, maybe eleven wins. Louisville, eight and a half. North Carolina State, even though they have a new quarterback as well, eight and a half. And here's the other one, too. Bob, I'm going to go lower on uh, North Carolina. They say North Carolina's win total is eight and a half. In other words, nine games. Because you can't win half a game, right? So if you say a half, you're saying you're going to win the higher number. Really? Without Drake May, as much as that team collapsed, you think Carolina's going to win nine? Nine college football games next year? The easy money checks in next with your Virginia Tech Hokies, who have a relatively, I think, conservative number on them at seven and a half. Higher, Bob. Higher. Come on. Check it seven and a half. Okay. They're giving you one there. Thanks, FanDuel. SMU, by the way. Also at seven and a half. Cal, six and a half. Syracuse, six and a half. Duke. Six and a half. 
Pitt at five and a half. Georgia Tech at five and a half. Higher, Bob, higher. Wake, four and a half. UVA, four and a half. Lower, Bob, lower. BC, four and a half. Lower, Bob. And Stanford, three and a half. That's your FanDuel projected 2024 ACC football win totals. Your thoughts? <laughs> Virginia Tech at seven and a half? Whew. That seems just ridiculously low, doesn't it? I mean, come on. No. It was like the old, uh, what was it, the old range game on the prices, right? I used to love the range game. They'd come out there and the clock starts with your first bid. Go. $800. Higher. $800. Lower. Lower. That was my one of my favorite games. That and, of course, the, uh, the mountain guy going over the, uh, the cliff there. Yoda lady, yoda lady, yoda lady, And then, of course, the all-time was the Plinko. Remember Plinko? I think that was voted the all-time favorite Price is Right game. But yeah, FanDuel doing you a lot of favors there because I think there are three that stand out. Miami's not winning ten games. Virginia Tech's winning more than seven and a half, eight games. Georgia Tech's going to win more than six games. I mean, they finished the season very strongly. Carolina's not going to win nine games without Drake May. I mean, I I don't know exactly what they're basing this on. If they're basing it solely on last year without looking at what's happened since the end of the season, then good luck. But that's going to get a lot of action. It will. Maybe that's why they did it that way. I don't know. But to look at Virginia Tech's non-conference, which is, as usual, extremely weak. And then look who they avoid on the conference schedule. Florida State, Louisville. Uh, And to say they're not going to have more than eight wins? Come on. Come on. I don't know enough about SMU. They got them at seven and a half right with Tech. I don't know. I don't, you know, whatever. (laughs) But Georgia Tech seems really low to me. Virginia seems very optimistic that they're going to get to five wins. That seems very optimistic. That program's in chaos. And I don't just mean still trying to come after the horrible tragedy there from a couple years ago, but I'm just talking about it. it's not a well-run program. But Miami at 10 wins might be the uh, most humorous thing that I've seen in a while. But we shall see how it all plays out. I think Florida State and Clemson are about right. Louisville could be about right. Feels like Jeff Brom's going to make that program a, 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 a stable, like 
8-9 win team, doesn't it? NC State always gets a lot of hype. They never live up to the preseason hype, so I'm a little skeptical about that one, especially with the quarterback replacement, Carolina, at 9. <laughs> I mean, I think what this indicates, too, is how little people around the country know about Virginia Tech. What they've been able to keep out of the portal, what they've brought in. And these are people that haven't paid a lot of attention to the rapid development of Kyron Drones, in my opinion. Because if you did your research about the numbers Bill Ross shared with us, 95% of the offense is back on paper, 86% of the defense. Those are pretty high numbers for returning players with a team that finished with a lot of momentum. All right? Not going to happen. The schedule in itself is not difficult enough to keep Tech below seven wins. I mean, I'm just going to say it the way it is. The non-conference schedule is is laughably easy. And maybe that was their intention, I don't know. But going to Vanderbilt, having Marshall and Rutgers come to Lane Stadium, and that old Dominion game, which is just... And I know they haven't won at Old Dominion. I know people are going to say, well, they haven't won there. True, it's true. But, yeah, that's not necessarily a a non-conference schedule that's going to provide too many challenges. Granted, Tech lost to both Marshall and Rutgers last year on the road. They were transitioning from one quarterback to the next. They won't be doing any transitioning on the offensive end this year. Everything is in place. The top receiver they brought out of the portal last year, barring any further injury, will have an opportunity to showcase his talents. They didn't have that last year. Seven and a half is... Extremely low. Extremely low. They've already added one starter from the portal from the offensive line. They're going to add another, likely. We'll see. They'll probably wait now until the spring to see how that goes. But the kid from Georgia State is going to start at one of the guards. And as Will Stewart talked about, he had a pretty high grade last year as a run blocker. It's all speculative, of course, because that's what you do when you get things like this, when you see the FanDuel (laughs) numbers. The Carolina number is really interesting to me. Is that just brand respect, do you think? Is that you think that's just brand respect because of Carolina? I mean, they lost Drake May. They lost a lot of good offensive players. They lost 
some of their better defensive players. They weren't good defensively last year toward the end. Offensive line was wrecked late in the year. You, you think that's just because it's Carolina? I don't know. Just because of who it is? Because I don't think there was a lot of research done in this, especially the one that is even more surprising to me than Virginia Tech is Georgia Tech at five and a half. I mean, that team was not only playing really good football, they were a dangerous team offensively. That team really came into its own. I would have them way over the five and a half. I mean, we'll see. You know, their schedule's tougher than Tech's. Doesn't take much to be tougher than Tech's football schedule in 2024, but I think Georgia Tech's not getting enough consideration there. That's that's That was a pretty strong team on both sides of the ball. Syracuse has an entirely new staff, lots of new players. They're getting uh, credit for winning six and a half, so they're, they're expected to win seven. Duke showing you that Mike Elko, even though he left, I mean, he's got a pretty stable program. They're expected to get seven. We'll see. Pitt seems about right. Stanford, yeah. BC, probably a little high at four and a half. Virginia feels like it's way high at four and a half. But Florida State, Clemson, Louisville, yeah, that's that's probably probably correct. But anyway, we shall see as we head into it and um, see how February goes for all the basketball teams here locally. And it's um, big month here down the stretch for both the Tech and Radford men trying to get their late season fortunes turned around. Come see us on Thursday. It is a nationally televised game, 8 o'clock. Guess that beats 9 o'clock like our nationally televised game at Longwood a few weeks ago. But we'll have a great atmosphere for you, and you can come out and hang out and enjoy. uh, Should be a really good game. First game went into uh, triple overtime, and Winthrop prevailed. Two schools have played a lot of close games recently, a whole lot of close games over the last four or five years. So come out and hang out with us at the Dedman Center. Timothy writes in, Rick, lots of respect for you. I know how much you love your Broncos, and yet you have to come on here and talk about the Chiefs and give them their props. Yeah. I mean, what else am I going to say, Timothy? I mean, it's, it, it's bad for me, but they are what they are. They are now truly the latest dynasty in professional football. And you can no longer mention Tom Brady without throwing Patrick Mahomes up there. I mean, just the numbers set aside, look at them. You can't argue them. Or you can't argue against them, I should say. The guy has been in the league six years, and he's played six championship games. What? I mean, since he's been a starter. Seven years overall, six years as a starter. And every year he's gone to the AFC Championship game. And now he's got three rings. And we're in unprecedented success here for any quarterback that's ever played the game. Ever. 
You can go back to Slingin' Sammy Baugh, to Otto Graham. You go back to Bart Starr. Whoever you want to name. Joe Namath. Terry Bradshaw. Roger Stahlback. Johnny Elway. Joe Montana. Steve Young. I don't care who you throw in there. Nobody's doing or has done what Patrick Mahomes is doing. I hate it, Timothy. You're right. What am I going to do? Come on here and be dishonest and say they're lucky? Come on here and say they didn't deserve it? The Andy Reid-Patrick Mahomes marriage is one of the best in the history of the NFL. It just worked beautifully with his offensive mind, Patrick Mahomes' skill set, and Andy Reid recognized it before any other coach in the league, which is why they traded up for this guy who was relatively unknown out of Texas Tech. And the rest, as they say, is history. We're almost history for a Monday. We'll come back. We'll wrap it up after this. Don't go away. Great stuff on the text line, as always. Thanks to Marvin, Tim Thomas. Tomorrow, Mike Burnup will join us, along with uh, Jermaine Farrell and uh, David Smith, as we'll put the bow on another football season as uh, the Chiefs win yet another Super Bowl. <sighs> Any event. Just heard the weather, guys, again. Lots of rain, so uh, be safe. Leave yourself some time if you're uh, headed out this morning. Weather's not too cold. It's decent enough temperature-wise, but a lot of rain falling. All right, enjoy it, everybody. Take care. We'll see you tomorrow. Be good. Center for. I'm Ron Burgundy. You stay classy, New River Valley.